Hey everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. I am going to talk more Star Wars books. Because guess what? There's a bunch of them. Guess what? They're awesome. Also, guess what? I have a special guest today. Um, you may know her from her book hoarding stuff. Please welcome Bianca Hernandez. Bianca Hernandez night now. Hernandez night. Oh, it was so adorable. I was Aww. there, y'all, through Zoom. I saw it, it was, all happening. Yeah, it was special. You were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm now a knight. Um, mm-hmm. I keep being told, like, you know, make sure that you get Jedi Knight in there somehow. So, you know, one day maybe we will be extra silly. And, mm-hmm. like, get a pet and be like, it's a Jedi, yeah. right? This is... I mean, you guys are already, like, officially Mr. and Mrs. Star Wars, so... I mean, you know, come on. You're, like, a step uh, away. We're just we're so close. It's right are there. Are people really going to be shocked when you're like, sorry, our last name is Hernandez Jedi Knight now? No, I feel like people are just waiting. I feel like some people were even like, why didn't you just do that now? Why didn't you just... The first mm-hmm. time, fix your name. But, you know, I can't make everybody happy. But the, yeah. like, clerk at the courthouse is sending you emails. It's like, I'm sorry, I noticed you didn't put Jedi on the uh, form. Do you want to redo it? I'm just looking out for you. It's pretty off-brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did some research and uh, some some market research. And people would just prefer this name. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. For now, we mm-hmm. just are Hernandez Knight. But it's still a pretty cool name. Still pretty fun. Uh, and here at the bottom, uh, on hashtags, you forgot to put Mr. and Mrs. Star Wars? Lol. <laughs> All right. So, uh, 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 some real quick business. You can check us out at therogerebels.com. We have a Facebook page. Please follow it and like it. We are on Instagram posting pictures about, surprise, Star Wars. At the Rogue Rebels. And that's about it. Oh, I'm on Twitter. But don't worry about that. Uh, Twitch. Oh, I have finally figured out how to get to Batu in that Sims 4 game. So I will be twitching that very soon. Congrats. Um, uh, that took us a long while to okay, figure it's out. It's like been a month. And to be fair, I only played the game like two or three times. But like the first time I was like, I'm going to go to Batu, And I started streaming. And I like made my guy, which I couldn't figure out how to make my guy. And then he just lived in like a normal town which was like dumb and i was like why is he here how come i'm not on batu why don't why don't my clothes suck like why can't i change my hair length like i couldn't figure it out and then the second time i like went online and they were like you have to like you have to make your guy and then you can like book a vacation to batu and that's how you get there so i was like oh i got this this is gonna be awesome so then i made my guy but i figured out how to make my guy better so now he actually had, like, Batu clothes and, like, looked more like me, like what I wanted him to be. I was like, well, skin color. Yeah, let's let's mess with that. Let's, oh, let's, let me, let me mess with the hair and all that stuff. But I couldn't figure out how to take the vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have figured out how to take the vacation. So the next time I uh, am on Twitch playing Sims 4, Batu, we coming for you. I'm excited for you. Uh, I had never played Sims until we, yeah, until we did this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a lot of just like, what is happening? I don't understand. <laughs> like, just don't understand the basics of Sims. Uh, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially for those of us who have gone 
to Galaxy's Edge, like, especially now that we can't go right now because yeah, exactly. of the pandemic, um, it, like, makes me really happy, but also, like, kind of sad because it's like, oh, I can't go there. But um, it's definitely fun to, like, run around and explore, and I think it's a great option right now when we can't go IRL. Yeah, that's that's the idea. I keep driving by it every day, and I'm like, mm. no. But uh, wait, so you actually figured out how to go? Awesome, you're ahead yes. of me already. Okay, so the key to anything that I do that I don't understand is I just Google how to do it, um, and we watch some YouTube videos on how to do it. Awesome. Like, we just let other people do the work because nice. that seems easier yeah, yeah, than cool. uh, struggling. <laughs> right. Right. I like to uh, figure things out slowly, difficultly, and by myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, so that's uh, how that's going. But yes, soon it'll be that. And I'm still playing squadrons every now and then. Every, I try to like jump on every day and get my little credits because I got a little lightsaber to put on my A-wing. Uh-huh. Um, so now I'm uh, trying I'm to get... I'm so bad at that. It's not an easy game. Um, but I'm I'm not good at it by any stretch of the imagination but i'm like decent enough to where you know i kill people and i get killed so it's not like i'm running around and always getting like you know when i first started i was just like okay well zero kills and i died 17 times you know so now i'm like oh i killed like six people and i died 10 times like that's not so bad or whatever or, you know, every now and then I get on with people that are not, you know, like, it's like, you're number one. You killed 20 people and you only died like five times. And I'm like, well, were, were they were they eight-year-olds or? Lol. Nah, eight-year-olds probably would have smoked me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're uh, like playing, yeah. Yeah. That's how that's going. What is going on with... Okay, I think that's about it. Hey, pod it forward. Share this pod with your friends. you got friends that like Star Wars book, you have a podcast for them. A pod it forward. This one. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, anytime you see a link, man, spread it around. Get some... Uh, uh, engage. Engage your friends. Raise the audience. Let's all love Star Wars together, y'all. Um, okay, so like I said before, we were going to talk some books, right? We Today we are talking The High Republic, A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland, which is, uh, I guess, before we get into spoilers, let's just like give our like impressions and thoughts of like why people should read this book or whatever. Like, I really liked it. It's a middle grade book, so it's like for younger readers, but also like the younger readers short books like the story moves in Star Wars books all the time. So you never have to worry about a young reader or a middle grade meandering because like stuff's going to happen quick. Yeah. Uh, which I like. Yeah. I feel like that's also a really good contrast for um, Light of the Jedi where like it takes, you know, there's so much happening. Yeah. And it's so in the weeds and like yes it it needs to be because it's like the kind of introductory ish book for mm-hmm. this new era but i feel like a strength here is for this book a test of courage is that it it does give you enough background through you know people just talking to each other even 
um, right. in a way that like it doesn't over inundate you with like okay now we need to get into like this is what's happening in Coruscant and like all that stuff right like mm-hmm. it gives you just enough that you can enjoy the story and understand where the, the galaxy is at that point in time mm-hmm. and I think it's such a great intro book for like people who I would think like to me it'd be like families who want to get into the new era of Star Wars but like right they feel like maybe the other book is maybe a little too heavy, a little too much for like kids reading right, um, right. for like the whole fam to enjoy. But like, I think this would be a great intro book if you're just like, I mean, I'm kind of getting used to the canon, um, but I, I'm not ready for like the like almost annotated. Here is this historical moment documented to a T. Yeah, it's and I, I really it's a it like does all, what the story needs to do. Like, you don't have to know everything like, well, this is approximately 72 days after the Great Disaster or what, like, Mm -hmm. you don't need none of that. Like, you know, it's High Republic, you know, they're Jedi, you know what Jedi are, presumably, Um, and that kind of thing. So, like, it's a pretty good, nice story, but it's also, like, like the, the cast, the characters are all adorable teenagers. Yes. (laughs) Like, yes. All super... (laughs) awesome and they're given depth and the thing that this book does that i don't think uh like a lot of books like you'll have your couple of main characters that you follow right so you usually follow them third person but you get a lot of those like thoughts and like all that kind of stuff this one like the whole cast like you jump into the each of their heads throughout the book so like you get to know all of these characters from each of their points of view which i thought was really really cool and I don't think I've seen that, like, like not all the characters like that. And, and there's only, like, four or five. You know what I mean? Like, there's only f- four characters that you really, really follow. But you get all of their perspectives, and I like that. I also like that, like, and we can get into more later on why this matters, but, like, the mm-hmm. complexity of emotions that we get from them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when we do sometimes jump into that, like, Anakin is feeling blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, it's like we're feeling one of two emotions, like, Either, like, he's confused or he's angry. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. feel like in this, because because of their age and because of other factors, we get this depth of emotion that I really like because I feel like so much of Star Wars is, you know, built on the kind of more space opera-y drama. And mm-hmm. then, like, again, I feel like that's, like, a, a bigger discussion about, like, some of the failings of the love stories in Star Wars. Because I'm like... <laughs> We don't really spend any time in the heads of, like, people being, like, like, Padme being, like, oh, like, I'm starting to fall in love with this dude. It's just kind of, like, lol, stop picking on me. Okay, I guess I'm in love with you, <laughs> right? Like, like we get those kind of weird jumps, and I feel like one of the strengths of, of getting inside characters' heads is that when things happen later on in plots, then it's like, oh, there was precedent. Like, we felt this coming, we understood it, versus it kind of being, like, I don't know what the motivation was for this person. I don't understand um, how they were feeling in this moment and how that would feed into something bigger. But I really like it. I mean, I am a person who, because, like, I do read more, like, romance and things like that and um, classic lit that is going to spend more time doing that. So I like when Star Wars does emotions. I like when there's some emotions. Like, like really good depth of characters. Like, and, and, uh... 
like varied, not just simple like, oh, he was upset because like, oh, revenge. Oh, you know, like the normal things of a story. And I guess like even the bigger things that Star Wars is usually doing, like you said, all the drama, the big stuff. It's like the focus isn't on the characters as much as it is on the like, whatever the sweeping story is like, oh, no, the Republic has fallen and become an empire. Like you're not invested in the characters themselves. You're invested in whatever the story oh no, the Jedi are being destroyed, or oh no, the Death Star, like, it's always like the bigger story, and what that means for the galaxy, and all those things that like, when you're telling a bigger story, you're telling less of the personal stories of these people. And little books like this, I call it little because it's small. Um, that's self-explanatory. That's <laughs> a fact. Yeah, it's a, it's a small book. It's nice. It fits in my hand. Um, little stories like this, like, they're allowed to take the time and just be like, no, this book is about these characters and you're going to get to know them. Damn it. <laughs> like, and that's cool. Cause that's it also, sometimes. yeah. And it really reminds me. I really love the, uh, young Obi-Wan, uh, when I was younger, uh, Jedi, Jedi apprentice Quest or Jedi apprentice. Okay. Yeah. I think Jedi quest is like the other series, but like, yeah, it, it reminds that's me a little bit Obi-Wan. of, yeah, old, it's just <laughs> old stuff. But like, it reminds me of that because, those were very small books, but they were, like, each book was an adventure. It was a new planet or a new whatever. And, like, when I look at them on the shelf, I'm like, those are small. But I remember, like, those were whole adventures in there. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with just being, like, it doesn't have to be, like, in the again, like you said, the grand scheme of, like, the Empire versus whatever versus the Republic. Sometimes it can just be, like, a single planet adventure. And to me, like, that's actually... A thing that I love about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I love these kind of, like, offshoot, like, planet-concentrated or, like, adventure-concentrated stories mm-hmm. um, in those ways that, like, I think especially, you know, when we look at, like, the animated shows, they've really given us that. And I really like that aspect of Star Wars because mm-hmm. as much as I'm here for, yes, the big space opera, I like getting to know characters and planets and the galaxy that, like, we've been given. Right. Yeah, it's just like a, I like that Star Wars can do everything. Like, I like the big stuff. I like the small, like it does everything and everything in between. We got a Western TV show. We got cartoons. We have little teeny tiny shorts about uh, the time Maz Kanata helped Leia steal an outfit from Bausch. <laughs> you know, to, why not? like, you know what I mean? Like you have all kinds of stuff. The comics are crazy. Um, so I just really like the idea that like, First of all, Star Wars can fit in almost any genre or change any genre to be Star Wars. And then second of all, that like, as long as you keep telling your stories that way, nothing gets stale because there's always something fresh and new and something like specifically for you. So like, if you're into romance, you know, there's gonna, you can find one or two books of that. You know, if you're super into, I should have thought of another genre. No, lol. Uh, there are that. I mean, like, I was thinking about this the other day where like, detective stuff is really mm-hmm. funny to think about like because star wars has done the detective thing like obi-wan in f2 is being a detective mm-hmm. like he's going to the diner and he's talking to people and like he's going to the library mm-hmm. and trying to figure out you know what i mean like yeah he has his own detective story in f2 and i feel like it's so underestimated because it's very entertaining. Like, I think that it's because we keep pulling back and going to, like, these other subplots. So much happens in the prequel movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
if if it was just cut to just be Obi-Wan and like a detective thing, I'd love to like do like a black and white like wash to it and make it like a noir thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Cause it's part, like, it's actually kind of great. It's like this weird detective noir story. Um, but I digress. Yes, you're right. Like it is, yeah. you can do any genre if you want in Star Wars. Like anytime we talk about Star Wars detectives, the only thing I can think of is that like guy in the episode of the Clone Wars where they're trying to figure out who killed the senator. Oh my God. And he's like, you stick to the uh, senating and I'll stick to the detective. I'm the detective. <laughs> Look, I'll do the detecting over here. <laughs> you know, uh, God, God, what is his name? Uh, whatever it is, it's hilarious. Um, the animated shows have given us so much. Yeah, Let's there's like real. a lot happening. We got Godzilla. Like, <laughs> we got all kinds of goodness. So good. Okay. So I would recommend this book for anybody who wants a quick, fun adventure of a bunch of rambunctious Jedi teenagers and others um, because the characters are super adorable, enjoyable, and you want to protect them and let nobody take them away from you for the rest of your life. Facts. I agree. I, I definitely still think that like this is a good book for like families who want to get into the High Republic era um, because it's it's. I feel like it's just a great jumping in point if you don't want to go the route of Light of the Jedi and like get really intense at first. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's still intense moments in this, but I think that like, it's as far as just like throwing information at you, it's, it's not that same caliber, which I think is fine. Like there's plenty of little gems that like in this, that like hearken to other things we know about Star Mm -hmm. Wars, um, EU kind of things that I love. Um, but like, I think it's a good intro book if you don't want to be like over inundated with stuff too. Like if you just like, as a person are like... I mean, I'm down. I'm okay reading like a younger reader book because like they can still be fun and great and adventurous. Um, I think this is a great start if you don't want to just go straight into the other book. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like the cover art is really good, and there's like two or three little pictures inside, same style. So like, man, this is a good little book. It has pictures, y'all. There's pictures, and they're, they're really cute. cool too. Yeah, they're really cool. They're awesome. Okay, so I guess let's get into spoilers. If you haven't read the book, please leave. <laughs> Go away. There's uh, the door. Uh, unless you don't care about getting spoiled, and then that's uh, not my problem. That's on you. You know, otherwise, come back when you've read the book. And... Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah, let's it. go. Hey, Vernestra, the steady wing. Vern is the greatest little prodigy Jedi person. Um, I love Vern in this, and, like, so it's, she's Vernestra, and she, like, her nickname is Vern, and I just love that it's, like, she kind of low-key hates it, but, like, she's too good of a Jedi to admit she hates anything, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's 15, and, like, this young Jedi knight, and she is adorable, but, like, so mature, and, like... yes. But not in this, like, weird, like, where I feel like you get with, like, teenage groups where you can be, like, you have someone who's like, well, I'm She's not, like, bossy. Yeah! She's just, like, mature. Like, she handles the situation and she's able to, like, think stuff, but she's not, like, at the same time, like, you guys are whack or, you know, like, she's she's just Mm -hmm. very... And she, like, understands that her mission is essentially babysitting, but she doesn't, like... She's not, like, petty about it. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not like, oh, I'm just babysitting. She's just like, okay, well, like, you know, I'm taking this seriously, and that's just what I do. And, like, 
she's great. Like, I think that, like, she's just, like, such a well-adapted teenager in this, like, world that she's in. Because I feel like even at 15, as a Jedi Knight, like, that's a lot mm-hmm. on you. Um, but, like... Well, they also make it very clear that, like, she's, like, a prodigy. She, mm-hmm. she at, A knight at 15 is, like, the youngest, you know, one mm-hmm. of the youngest in the history of the Republic and all this stuff. Like, so she's clearly, like, I don't know, Doogie Hauser. <laughs> The Jedi Knight? Mm-hmm. Whatever. But, like, she, again, doesn't seem to, like, have that go to her head. I never watched the show. The I just know he was a young doctor. Lol. <laughs> I mean, that's all, that's all we know. That's all it was. Um, but like I feel like... My mom said it was good. <laughs> seal of approval. Um, <laughs> I feel like she, like, never gets, like, really in her shit. Like, well, I'm a Jedi Knight. Like, I feel like yeah. the whole time, like, any of her power that she rests on is hers and not around titles or any of that. It's, like... This is just the right thing to do, mm-hmm. um, or this is the wrong thing to do, and this is why we need to correct, or you know, just doing our best, and like the force wills it. And I think that like she's just like a great overall Jedi person, you know, in this story, and mm-hmm. I love that she's kind of like almost like the guiding force to kind of keep the group together, and like right. not going completely to shit. Uh, hmm. when things go bad and like i i don't know i just really like and again that she's not just so self-satisfied about it right where she's like well i you know she never does like this well i saved us or i did this thing it's just like what right. do we need to do next mm-hmm. like her brain is always on like how do i save us how do i like how do we all stay alive and i love like i don't know i yeah. like i like it she rocks she's one of my favorites uh along with so she's there like what it is, it's it's like a whole delegation or something from the Dalnan system, and they're supposed to be going to the Starlight Beacon so they can talk to the Dalnans about joining the Republic or whatever. So there's like some Jedi escorts that are helping, but there's Avon Staros who is along for the ride because she's the daughter of a senator. Um, but she's also like very mischievous. And like this was described back if you checked out those uh when they had the like, you know, some of the author roundtables or Q and A's or panels. They were like, oh, you know, Avon Staros is like an inventor and like she's kind of mischievous and stuff. So I was like, oh, like and she's related to Sana Staros. Ha ha. So I was like, OK, cool. How do you go from that to a smuggler? But also like Sana Staros was a student at one time. So like, you know, maybe there's like a, a long story there. But so when they described her as like inventor, mysterious, mischievous, I was thinking more like. I think I was thinking like very Anakin, like, oh, man, I can fix this droid up, right? Because that's the like inventor type that we see in Star Wars is usually like, oh, they can fix robots or they can do this or that. But she is like actually brilliant and able to come up with like different plans. And she's like teaching this dude like theoretical math at one point. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so -hmm. she's not like just smart and techie. She doesn't just know how to set up your iPhone. She can like create something like she is like brilliant actually which i did not i guess that's not the way that i saw it when she was described um but that was very welcome and cool yeah i definitely agree that like in star wars we don't see a lot of like the kind of inventor types Mm -hmm. um and like it was just really cool to have somebody who especially this reminds me a lot of like a lot of steampunk stuff i read where like the inventor who's like always like excited to like see what you know to understand new things like she wants to understand lightsabers and kyber crystals right so much in this and it's 
fascinating because it's not like a like I want to use this for nefarious reasons necessarily. It's just like she's just curious um, and she's excited about technology and mm-hmm. the things you can do with it. And I really like that because I feel like yeah, like you said, like in Star Wars, like the kind of inventory tinkery types that we see. Um, I feel like tend to be like dark side related, right? Like anything around using kyber crystals, I feel like Mm -hmm. usually it's just like, oh, it's for nefarious purposes if it's not for a lightsaber or um, the doctor dude in Mandalorian, right? Where it's just like, right, right. They're studying, you know, Dr. Pershing. Dr. Pershing. They're studying, uh, you know, uh, Yoju, but like for bad reasons, right? Like bad things are happening with that. And it's kind of refreshing that, like, right now we get this character that's, like, just naturally curious like a kid would be, right? But also in that way she of being brilliant and being a teenager, she's not, like, doing things maliciously. And I really like that. She is mischievous, though. (laughs) Like, she's, she's not, like, malicious or anything like that, but she clearly likes getting on Vern's nerves. Yes. So like there's, uh, I love the like, she's like a little bit younger and they go back and forth a lot because she's clearly like doing things and uh, like getting in trouble and Vern comes at her, you know, and she's like, you know, like there's one part, I can't remember which part it is, but she says something like, well, hey, when I was your age, I had to like be careful and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, that was like a year ago, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't act like you're some, you know, like, uh, and I just really like the, uh, I like the interaction. Actually, I like the interaction between all the main characters. But, like, this one in particular, it's clear that they have, like, a little bit of history, so they must have been on missions before together or something like that, you know? Um, Because she's like, oh, you know, she always wanted to see her lightsaber, but, you know, Vernestra would never let her. You know, she always says no and all this stuff. Um, Let's see. We have, oh, Avon has a, like, nanny droid called J6. And she's, like, modified J6 to, like, reprogram themselves. So she's like, hey, like my droid should be able to build their own personality. So she like changes the programming and then watches what happens. It's so good. So it's like really funny and interesting because then you see J6 do things that like, and she's like, well, that wasn't part of the programming. That's kind of cool. Like, oh, J6 is growing. And then there's parts where she's like, I'm gonna have to look into that because that's not good. <laughs> like it's introduced with like a story about how like that's like her her new programming because her last programming caused, like, this, like, almost international, like, crisis where, like, she taught J6, like... Uh... Like, Aqualish curse words. Yes! <laughs> That's what it was. Um, and she and again... was like, no, it was so funny. They were laughing. And they were like, no, they weren't laughing. They were not laughing. Those were not laughs. Uh, they were threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, like, I think that's, like, a great... Like, it's it's a great example of, like... Yes, she like is nefarious and like like it's like someone I think her age with like that ability like would want to make it a little bit fun and but also she learns from it like yeah. despite having these you know nefarious trickstery things she still is like hmm well like how do I apply this to my next iteration of this build like how do I apply this to the science and I love that. Yeah, like the way that she's a scientist, I don't think we've like dealt like we've had, you know, like you said, you mentioned a few scientists we've had. I mean, the closest thing maybe would be probably uh, what do you call it? If you read Catalyst, then you get a lot in, into uh, Mr. Dr. Yes. Urso yes, or Dr. Yes, yes. Urso's because both of them have like a lot of that kind of stuff going on. But like 
you know, so like, I, I guess what I mean is she's just not like a tinkerer. She's not like, oh, I can upgrade your thing or I can fix a hyperspace or I can blah, blah, blah. Like she's like literally like going in, changing things, inventing, thinking of new ways to solve problems in a sciencey way that we have. But it's also combined with this mischievous young teenager that likes That's to mess with Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. It's going to teach a droid curse words, you yes. know? Like I hope she shows up in more books. I know Justina's got another one on the way. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I hope we see, like, because I know the Jedi are going to pop up all over the place, it seems. Mm-hmm. But um, I really hope we get to see more of of uh, Avon. Let's see even, else. like, honestly, even if it isn't in this iteration of, or this era, or whatever they're calling it, of High Republic, mm-hmm. like, potentially in the... The phase, yeah. Maybe even, like, an adult Avon. Like, wouldn't it be so cool to see her as an adult tinkering, yeah. you know, like, where she is in in the structure of, you know, science and thinking in the new, in this Republic space. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Like, that would be really cool to see what happens to her or, like, what she grows up to be. Does she end up being an inventor or some kind of senator or some kind of senator with a really cool... I don't know, uh, climate change plan, you know, because she's able to, uh, you know, use the science. Uh, Does she go to like Camino? Is she like the reason that Camino is like, you know, like we don't know. Does she figure out something uh, with kyber crystals that is used to nefarious ends by somebody else? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Republic delegate. Okay. So yeah, they're on the mission is like they escort these people to starlight. So they're all on this ship. Um, I forgot the little like, uh, what is it? Like the uh, prologue? Where there's like a couple of Nile and they're literally sab- sabotaging the ship. Yes. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, that's not good. That's the TLDR of that. They're like, yeah. LOL, we're going to do something that's like as bad or worse than like what happened uh, already in the galaxy. We're going to sabotage the ship. It's so easy. Yeah. So like we know that this is not going to go well. But the- And like at one point they're like walking on the ship and they b- the girl bumps into one of the Nile. And then she's like, watch where you're going. But like the kids are like, well, you should actually, you were looking the other way, jerk. <laughs> so I just, I love uh, the, something this book does that is interesting is like the Nile are the Nile, like they're what they're supposed to be. And they're scary and they're, uh, you know, ruthless and all that. But their enemies are like these teenagers. And it almost seems like it's not a fair fight and it's not, but somehow it ends up being, and they do it in a way that's like, they're not like dumbing down the Nile or making the Nile be like, man, I'll get you next week. Uh-huh. Like the Nile are scary, but like they're up against these teenagers that maybe they didn't expect, you know, like they underestimate clearly, but it's, uh, it's really, really well done. I like that a lot. And I also think too, like by the time that they they do confront at like later in the book, mm-hmm. the characters have gone through so much, and I'm just like, that's growth. Like yeah. we really see these characters like having to grow and deal with it. And I think that like the Nile underestimate like what people can do and grow into, even in a short amount of time when like facing real trauma and like tragedy. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. We meet. Uh, who are the other ones? Im- oh yeah. Imri is the other Padawan. Well, other Padawan. Quote, she's not a Padawan. Vern is like a knight now. So she's like not a Padawan anymore. And Imri is like, he's a Padawan. And like, they kind of say that he's like, you know, he's not the best lightsaber guy. And he's not the best this, you know. So he just, he tries his best. 
And then his master is a guy named Douglas Sunvale, which I don't I don't like Douglas being a part of Star Wars names, but it is what it is. And they call him Douglas a lot. I'm like, call him Master Sunvale. That sounds Star Warsy. Oh. <laughs> like, why are you calling him Douglas? Uh, I guess I'm thankful that they don't ever refer to him as Doug in the book. Yeah, I was gonna say that would have been super cash. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So I, I really liked that this this pairing because the delegates we kind of have a a father son pairing. Yeah. Um, which will be important in a bit, but like it's I really liked that because it serves as a parallel. Um, I think in relationships as the story progresses, but also just like. Um, in storytelling, you know, where it just gives you a, a nice little, like, here's how the Jedi, like, that relationship works. Yeah, like, they're dynamics, right? Yeah, and it's really kind of, I, I again, it's one of those things where I like these stories because we can get an idea of what the rest of the galaxy looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's Imri and Douglas, and Douglas is the master, and then the other one you mentioned is Honesty is the son of, you know, the, the delegate his father is one of the delegates of the Dalmans mm-hmm. and he's like, like on that planet, they sort of have these little, they're like not trials, but they like go to do these certain things that prepare them for whatever their job is going to be, you know, usually like, so there's like a certain way that they do things. That's like kind of like, it's, it's a little Jedi like, and Oh, well, we go to train for this and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh, well I have to go through my like trials so I can be part of the, you know, the military guard, because that's what I'm going to be, you know, I'm training to be a warrior, so I have to go through my warrior training. You know, even though there hasn't been a war on my planet in 10,000 years, like, that's our traditions that we blah 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 And the relationship with his father, like, those, like, we get, spoilers, it's a small window that we get into each of these kids' relationships with their adult companion. Mm-hmm. Um, but his is, like, like, he doesn't want to be out there. He wants to be. He's like, I should be going through my trial. Like, he feels like he's behind in the same way that Imri, the Jedi Padawan, is standing next to this Jedi Knight that's, like, the same age and she's the best at everything. He feels, like, inadequate in a weird way. You know, like, he's kind of got that, like, envy of her skills and her mm-hmm. reputation mm-hmm. and all that. And then his master, uh, Master Douglas. Master Douglas. <laughs> master Douglas is, like... He's like, you know, like, like they mentioned that he's like, uh, he's got a long, unkempt beard. So he just seems like an older guy. But it's very clear that they have like a really nice, like, relationship and understanding. He's like, you know, I can't, you know, I felt like I can't do this or that. And Douglas is like, no, 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 keep trying, like, keep, keep at it. Like, I believe in you, even when you don't believe in yourself. And I think that's such a really cool, like, like, it's touched on there. And then it ends up like getting touched on a few more times in the book. But I love the idea of this like kid and he's not the best at anything. And he doesn't feel like he is a Jedi and he's training to do these great things, but he doesn't feel like a great person. But there's a master sitting over his shoulder saying like, Hey dude, like, you know, you keep trying at it. Like keep, keep, keep doing these things. Like I believe in you and you can, you are capable and you have all of this potential, you know, it's there in you. We just have to like, it's just something you have to work at, you know? And I think like, I, I like, like all of these relationships. I liked the characters that I related to as teenagers 
And then I found myself really liking some of the relationships as a parent as well. Because, like, that's something you do want to instill in your kids, like, when they're not good at something or when they don't think that they're going to be able to accomplish something. Like, I really like that. I like that Douglas energy. I think especially, too, when you see other people your age, like, Mm -hmm. doing more. I think that's, like, a timeless thing, whether you're a teenager or an adult, when you're like, oh, my God, like, comparing yourself to other people. Um, And I think that, like, definitely having another figure being like, hey, like, having that really good mentor that's like, everyone comes at it in a different way. Everyone has their own path. Like, just, you know, focus on other things other than, like, the title and, like, wanting to – it reminds me, again, a little bit of, like, the Anakin – storyline where you know he's just like oh he's so mad that he isn't already doing all this stuff and it's just (laughs) like again like what's your focus like why does that matter when like the jedi are ostensibly like we're you're here to like protect the galaxy like your title is whatever keep doing the work you need to be doing Mm -hmm. yeah it's i the, the characters are just really really well done and that they give us those little things in the relationship and then there's like a, uh, I don't know, it's a banquet or something. Like they all have some sort of like banquet and meeting. So they're all sitting at the table and everybody's in there like finery. And Avon Staros comes out in like a really nice dress. So Avon's family isn't there. But they sent her along because the like the Dalnins, you know, they, the Dalnins had to have kids. So they were like, oh, you should go and, you know, be, you know, help keep the other kids company. And it was like one of those weird kind of things. Um, but Avon's idea is like, Oh, my parents don't really care. They just they're just trying to get me out of the way and stuff like that. So like she has her own issues of her and her nanny droid. <laughs> you know. Um but so we get to the thing and then the sabotage goes off and like uh yeah, it's like craziness. So <clears throat> basically the whole ship is like destroyed and they escape in one of the like semi-functioning escape pods. And Avon is able to put the things together and be like, no, I'm somebody did this. Like, this is not an accident. This is not a great, this is not an emergence. This is none of that. Somebody sabotaged this ship. I'm not sure why, but these, this, this happened. None of these fail safes worked and the escape pod that we're getting in, it looks like it's been messed with as well. So we're crashing there. Um, so I thought that was like, like her, like science was already coming in. So she like jumps into pilot at one point, like the escape pod. And they're like, Oh, the debris from the ship is like coming, you know, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Hold on to your butts, which is like one of my favorite quotes in the book. And then (laughs) Vern says, I can help with that. Not the holding of butts, though. (laughs) Which is just hilarious to me. I don't know why. It's a great, again, like this is a great read for like, I feel like especially a family, like you want to get people into it. I think that's a great moment of levity after like the really traumatic event of having a ship be destroyed right from out from under you. (laughs) And everybody else is like dead and the Jedi kind of know it. Yeah. But are not sure exactly how to like, like Vern's being very like empathetic and tiptoeing around the things. And Emmy's Emery is like, I'm sorry about your dad. And the other guy's like, what? (laughs) Emery is like feeling a lot of feels like, yeah. But Emery and... just lost his master as well. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm, he kind of mm-hmm. feels that, like, camaraderie, but he just doesn't know how to... He doesn't realize that the other guy was like, but maybe. 
like the way that it's described is kind of mm-hmm. up because like it's like uh i can feel master douglas fading and like they have to feel like jedi have to feel like the people dying essentially yeah. and i just really wish the jedi had therapy man like all i can think yeah. is like and i think um like later in the book like another character like thinks about like oh wow like they had to feel like going through the debris field and everything Vern had to like have her mind on like the living beings there and like all that and like it was really Mm -hmm. messed up Mm -hmm. um so like this really traumatic thing happens but like they all are trying to focus on like how do we fix this like sabotaged you know thing that we're on Mm -hmm. um and there's like a really cool thing where Emery's like, so wayfinding. And I'm like, what? That was cool. That was very much like I was like, oh, I got a little, I got a little Skywalker here, huh? I liked uh, that. I really liked it. It's one of those things where, much like with her lightsaber later, I'm like, I am glad to see this somewhere else in canon because <laughs> it's just really cool to see it pop up and to see it used to effect, but like not necessarily like the. We're gonna like point all our fingers and be like, "Oh my god, this book is 100 about wayfinding." It's like, no, it's about the characters. One happens yeah. to be training on this on the skill. It's fine. But the cool thing is like they mix it up a little bit too. So like the wayfinding is the thing that like Imri is really good at. Like he's mm-hmm. really good at connecting with life because like that's what they end up doing. They end up like, can we just feel out for life and head in that? You know, if we can find life, then we can find a habitable somewhere to crash the ship. You know, and Vern, like, can't do it because she's tired or she's too busy directing or whatever it is. But Imri does it because he's really good at connecting with life. So it's, like, a cool thing where, like, the guy that feels inadequate is the guy that can do the thing that the other one couldn't, like, you know, that was a thing that I thought was super, super cool. Teamwork. Yeah. Again, again, it's, like, strength. Like, she is strong in other spaces and, like, there's still work to be done and like right. him doing that again, like it's all about maturity and like growing into these like team spaces, which I think no matter your age is a good lesson. If like, I think most of us who've worked in work environments, even as adults are like, yeah, we should like think about the kind of bigger structural. How do we, how do we get to the, like the point mm-hmm. where we need to get versus I want to do this because blah, blah, blah. Like maybe let's all use our strengths. Yo. Mm hmm. Trying to get that bonus. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work, yo. Uh, so they they find, you know, Imri finds a direction for them to go, and they go in that direction, and they land slash crash the ship, and they're, like, <laughs> on a little moon. And then, like, Avon is still, like, putting together the pieces. She's like, our escape pod was clearly, you know, <laughs> uh, messed with. The ship was destroyed, and they're saying, like, look... Nobody survived on this ship. I'm sorry, y'all, but it didn't happen. We're the only survivors, period. I know that's not what you want to hear. And then Honesty, the like the non-Jedi boy, like so they're they're going on the thing and they're trying to find, you know, they're like, hey, it looks like this is a little, you know, rain path when it rains or something. But Honesty is the one that's able to help a lot because he's like, oh, in my warrior training class, like we had to do a lot of outdoor survival. So, like, he has his own little thing to fit in. You know what I mean? Like, I love that it's not just the Jedi who, like, that's a theme that's been showing up in Star Wars lately. Like, 
you're all the hero, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and that yeah. there are limits to the Jedi's, like, they, as much as, like, they are, like, badass and can save a whole, like, you know, planetary system, mm-hmm. uh, there's also limits, too, right? Like, I think this comes up, like, while they're exploring this planet, uh, Avon is like, okay, well, I let y'all, like, she had that droid that she got from salvaged from the ship they were on. Mm-hmm. Um, to try to like scope out for them um it's like paired with goggles super cool um and she's like okay well like i let y'all like try to like look around but uh you know i went to, she goes i wanted to give you an emory a chance to use the force before i fix our problems with science and i super love that again like it's it's this <laughs> way of like there are multiple ways to come out of a problem and like she, you know, her brain is in the science space and she was going to let the Jedi try to do their Jedi thing and then go, okay, well, I have this thing. Let's try to find a solution with the thing that I'm strongest at, right? Um, and that was super cool, super fun. And, like, again, like you were saying about honesty, I, you know, him talking about, like, oh, well, this looks like it's a floodplain and, like, it's going to rain, so we should probably get to high ground. A, love any high ground references in Star <laughs> Wars. Um, but be like you said, like, I liked that idea of like, everyone has their different skill sets and like are trained in different ways. And like, even if this is a planet they've never been on, they all bring something to the table to help them survive. Yeah. And like Jedi do not have a monopoly on being heroes. <laughs> no, like they have no. lightsabers and I'll admit that puts them up uh, very high on the uh, list, but like everybody sort of has their thing to be helpful and I like that this book really does that well like this little group of kids who all of a sudden have to fight to survive uh, this is not an accidental reference to Boba Fett the fight to survive um, <laughs> another young reader book from the legends days but like the like I, yeah like the way they come together and the way that they're all able to utilize what skills and knowledge that they do have you know honesty has survival training slash blaster training the droid is really good at analyzing whatever, you know, analyzing if their food is safe to eat or whatever. Imri is really good at connecting with life and finding out, you know, the energy. Vernestra is good with turning her lightsaber into whip and cutting down a path. So good. And, you know, and Avon is really good at like she she fixes up the little scout droid and keeps the droids intact and then is also able to like, you know, figure out different um figure out maybe what happened to the ship and help solve the mystery of like why the things messed up and how they can fix the transponders and whatever. So they can try to get out of there, you know, the plan to survive. Um, and then it starts raining acid rain. Of course. <laughs> Which is bad. Very bad. Um, so that's not optimal, but the Jedi like float these leaves above themselves. And I don't know why I found that endearing and adorable. I loved that detail. Like it was the like I think the first thing was like they they were doing a thing where they kind of were deflecting the rain. Yeah. And, and then they were like, "Oh, we're spending too much energy doing that, so let's just float some leaves over us." And I'm like, "Jedi are extras right now," and I love it. <laughs> it was good times. Um, yeah, and then of course she turns her lightsaber into a light whip, which is awesome. So it's a lightsaber, and then she's like, and then it turns into a whip. What? That is awesome. I love this. This is like EU. It's so EU. Um, And I love that like they give us a setup of like Emery's just like a little bit like scared of it. Because he's just like, I associate this with Night Sisters. A, 
Aval, so glad that we get a Night Sisters ref. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, he yeah. talks about, like, they talk about the Jedi, the Sith Wars, and, like, Vernestra's like, okay, during the wars, like, the Jedi also use, like, whips. Like, it's not just, yeah. you know, the Night but Sisters. It's also weird that, like, she knows that it's going to be a thing. Because, like, she doesn't, she's never told anybody that she did this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, you know, like, the thing is, like, she had a dream or something and dream dreamt about altering her lightsaber and then she woke up and I guess just went and did it and now she has a light whip or a lightsaber slash light whip <laughs> combo which is mm-hmm. even more awesome mm-hmm. uh, so she like even her master didn't know like nobody knew and then when she's like okay we have to do this I need to you know Emery can you step aside please <laughs> you with your normal saber and he's like what do you mean normal and then she turns <laughs> it into a light whip and that's where he's like oh, night sisters use that you know, like, she knows it's going to be a thing. And she's already ready with, like, ah, but actually in the Jedi and Sith Wars, Jedi used them too, so it's fine. And he's like, mm. so There's, like, a little bit of, like, I don't know what the word is, but it's, like, there's something uncomfortable about it and using unorthodox weapons. And, like, like she knows it's kind of going to be frowned upon or questioned, which I think is odd and weird in this time of when Jedi are supposed to be like look everybody does their own thing and Jedi are so like like because that's something that we such that we see so much in the Jedi of our time is the Jedi being so judgy and jerky (laughs) yeah yeah you know so I'm curious I'm curious but I also feel like with parallels to our own world like you know we can be in places that are tout being so progressive Mm mm-hmm and they have internalized stuff they don't realize, right? I think that, that I feel like that's where we're eventually going to get, right, obviously, right. with the High Republic, where we're going to see that as, like, much as this is, like, this very fruitful, creative, artistic time, there are clearly going to be limitations to the Jedi and what they view as, like, good and bad. Right, and, like, what gets us to eventually where the Jedi just kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right for and lack the, of a better term but like honestly that's the kind of cool part of this book where i'm like this is so different like parts of this is so different than the jedi we eventually get right and like i really i like the idea that like the jedi weren't always like like you said super judgy <laughs> like there was a time where it was different and like where it was just complete like something happened to change them right Um, right and i like the idea that like it wasn't always the same like yeah i really like seeing like all that kind of it's like definitely much more prevalent in like light of the jedi and stuff (laughs) where you meet so many more jedi that are so different but like the idea here that even she knows she's going to be dealing with a little bit of like she's got an argument ready (laughs) she's got her like you know, like, uh, about because of the way, of the unorthodox way that she's built her lightsaber. Like, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to see if, like, that's something that, you know, a lot, like, we have so much stuff and I wonder how much of it is going to be picked up on, how much is it is going to grow into something else, you know, and how much of it is just going to be, huh, that's just interesting. And that was, that was all it was. But yeah, they mentioned Night Sisters, which I never do not like. Exactly. Always a fan, mm-hmm. always a fan too of the different kind of lightsaber, um, you know, like nuances between people's lightsabers. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think especially this era of Star Wars has given us really cool designs and everything. And I can't wait. I can't wait for more cool lightsaber yeah. stuff. 
I mean, like, just the logistics of having a saber that transforms into a whip is just super cool. So I don't even, like, you know, I don't know how I would go about creating something like that, but it's such a nice idea. Like, what if I just made something? Like, all I can hear in my head is, like, this awesome sound effect I imagine it makes. Maybe if you got, like, you know, those little snap bracelets. Yeah, there you go. The, uh... That we get like a massive right. snap bracelet. The ones they banned in school in the nineties because people were yeah. using eyes. Yes. Awesome. Those are the golden golden years. Let golden me tell era. you. Uh, get the, like a massive one of those because like it can be straight, but then like you can whip it and it's like insta whip. Awesome. I think it's gonna be Photoshop tricks. Fine. <laughs> it doesn't give you the real punch, but shit, <laughs> we only live on Facebook these days anyway. That's fair. That's yeah. true. Okay, uh, the Nile. The Nile also... So the Nile follow them there, apparently. Because they're able to see that one escape pod made it or whatever. And they're like, no, no survivors, so we have to go. And it's this fe- human female named Klyneth Da and an Aqualish named Guishi. So... And these were the same two that were earlier in the book sabotaging the stuff. <laughs> you know. But I really liked, like, the earlier, when they go through them earlier. Like, she's like, you know, she, like had hidden her, like, tattoos that marked her as uh, Nile, but, you know, because she, she was in disguise, but she wasn't going to, like, fix her hair. She was still Nile, you know, even though nobody knew it, she was still going to have pink hair. And she has, like, a weird lip piercing that she, like, takes out and then later puts back in because she's like, no, I have to, re- I have to, like, that's part of me. And I just thought that was hilarious that she was having such, like, identity issues with being in disguise for a mission. Yeah. Yeah, she's going through some stuff, but yeah. uh, uh, power through it to sabotage a ship. Yeah, surprise, they're jerks. So they show up on the thing, and then they're like, oh, it's kids. Okay, cool. So we should kill them pretty fast then, right? <laughs> cool. Uh, but they also have to deal with acid rain and stuff, just like everybody else. And then it's also in this part of the book where Avon kind of tells what happened Cause like a f- couple of times it's referenced and she was like, Oh, you know, I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm hungry. Uh, she hadn't been this hungry since <gasps> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, and then finally it gets into her story, which is apparently like on, is it Hynestia? Right? I'm trying to find it right now. Oh but man, I forgot. Keep going. Anyway. No, no, no. It was a uh, Hosnian prime. So mm-hmm. her mom's like a Senator on Hosnian prime and they live in like this giant compound and blah, blah, blah. And she was like a young kid. She was like, I mean, not, she's probably, she's like eight. It happened like three years ago. So she would have been eight because she's 12 or eight or nine. Right. And she's on the compound and she sees like a butterfly or something like that. And it like flies out of the compound and she knows how to, she's already like somewhat genius and tech savvy. So she like deactivates the shields and goes outside to follow it. And she ends up getting kidnapped by people who want to like, they want a ransom or they wanted some power with the Senator um, so like she was kidnapped as a child and that's why she has this nanny droid. And it's also revealed that that's why her mom sent her away because on Hosnian prime, there were so many people who were like trying to hurt the family. She like a lot of the books, she's like, well, my mom just sent me away cause I'm too much of a hassle, but it's like, no, your mom gave you this nanny droid that is secretly a repurposed, like awesome battle <laughs> droid. And then also like, 
Your mom sent you to a place. There's Jedi there that can protect you. It's away from major shipping lanes, so there won't be that. You know, these these lanes are well-traveled and protected by the Republic. And it's like, she actually, like, Avon ends up coming to terms with the fact that her mom is doing everything she can to protect her and to help her, you know, like, grow. She wants to give you an experience where you get to go see this amazing starlight beacon and all that, like. Um, and not be constantly just, like in fear um and worried about being kidnapped right from your own compound and they do there's like a really good line where it's like you know she deactivated the shields and went outside to blah 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 i guess you know she never really thought about why her family lived in a compound that had so much protection in the first place or something like that Uh where it's like yeah like when you're a kid like you don't think you don't think about these things you like know, she like, was falling like a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. She was falling a butterfly and like. I think it has like a Star Wars name. It's like Flutterbug or something like that. But it's variegated butterfly. It, it very much makes me think it was a butterfly. Yeah. And in my mind, it's also blue, for no reason. I mean, I feel like that's the only color that butterflies are. So that's far what so. I saw in my head. I don't know what book you're reading. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, I like that. Like it's revealed that like the nanny droid is actually. Uh, a bodyguard droid like it's not actually a nanny droid it's yeah. like yeah actually so uh, it's like, a bodyguard yeah. i love that like it was just like no this is also maybe why uh the droid goes a little off the rails when given uh different personality <laughs> traits <laughs> we would given new algorithms or whatever to learn yeah okay so they end up like the Jedi end up feeling something like, I think Imri senses something. He's like, Hey, something's wrong. Like something's mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. And then like Avon hits him with all this. Well, why didn't you sense this before? What's new and what's different? Is it new? Did they just get here? Like what? And they're like, well, you know, it took us a while to get into, you know, now we know to hide from the acid rain. And now we, you know, honesty helped us figure out that like we can drink the water from the fruit because it's been refined. You know, the planet has made ways to make things habitable, you know? Um, and, so they go and check it out, uh, Imri and, uh, what is it, Vern, and they see the Nile. And they hear them talking about like, all right, man, it's almost time to go kill those kids, man. This is going to be great. Uh, so they hear the whole plan. And then they shoot Imri's little guy, <laughs> Imri's little, uh, little creature. Like, well, I guess we skipped over that part too. But at one point, there are these little creatures that live on the planet and they keep cozying up to the Jedi. So they're like, maybe they're like force sensitive or something. And one like climbs in his little tunic and decides to live there. And he's like, all right, cool. And then they're like, oh, we're spying on the pirates. And then the little creature runs into the ship and it's like, Pachow! oh, well, that sucks. Oh, it was so sad because like they're described as like uh, orange critters, like these little like handsies, yeah, they call handsies. them. They called them handsies. Yeah. So I just like. Imagine these little, like, cute little, like, monkey-type creatures yeah. or something. Like, space space things. And, yeah, it gets killed. Yeah, it gets, like, killed for no reason. <laughs> it reminded me, like, since you're talking uh, old-school legends, young reader books, I'll go with the Boba Fett ones. It reminded me of the first Boba Fett one. Um, he had a young reader series as well after episode two. And it was, like, kind of all about him surviving after being left alone on Geonosis, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the first one starts kind of, like, during episode two. So, like, after the whole, like, you know, 
I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. You know, Boba, we're leaving. Pack your things or whatever. Boba's like trying to get his stuff together and he has like a fish. Like, and it's such a silly little thing, but it's just like, he just has a fish, right? So he's like, oh, it sounds like we're never coming back here, you know? Like, uh, so he takes the fish and he goes outside to Camino and he like drops it in the water, right? And he's like, well, so he saw the little fish and he kind of saw it swim away, but then he saw a really, really big shadow go after it. You know, I guess that's just the way of thing of the galaxy, huh? <clears throat> but it was very like in that book, it's such a thematic thing of like, like Boba has to survive in the hardest galaxy by becoming the, you know, by being the fittest, you know, survival of the fittest in that way. And in this book, it was a little much like, like it gave me that same vibe, but it was also like these people, these Nile don't care whether you're a critter or a person or like they will kill you no matter what. That's what you're dealing with, you know? So that's like kind of what I took from it. But also it just reminded me so much of that Boba Fett uh, moment. And I also think too, like it's an added, like Emery has lost a lot. And like Emery's also dealing with a lot of grief. On top of the fact that then is Avon's like, yo, I think there's a sabotage. Yeah. And like, you know, I think this was done out of malice. Like as these things add up for him, mm-hmm. like we started with him already being a little conflicted as just a Jedi and like being frustrated with his growth or lack of perceived growth. Right. And then we have these, con- you know, like this continued conflict after this really traumatic thing. Um, and we just keep getting him like pushed. Right. Like. Everything mm-hmm. seems to just be, like, in his, like, we get so much, like we said earlier, like, in his head, we get him just being mad and, like, upset. Um, and it's so different for Jedi, right? Like, because we, you know, that's a path of dark side thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also just, like, it's super good in terms of storytelling because, like, a, a shitty thing just happened. And bad things keep happening. And some people are just going to react this way. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to get more upset. And it leads to more things happening. Right. So, the, um, yeah. But yeah, I really like that, like, you know, we do have this emotional connection to these characters because if we hadn't, I feel like, you know, maybe even like the death of like the, the Hansi wouldn't have been, you know, as, like, yeah, wouldn't as have given us as much like feeling. Emotional resonance. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, they do such a good job of that. But like, yeah, so as all of these things add up, like, now they have an answer, right? The whole time Avon's been saying, hey, it looks like it's been sabotaged, something weird's going on, and then they finally see them, and they're like, oh, that's the girl that bumped into your droid, like, back on the ship. You know, now they're saying they're the Nile, and they're going to kill all these kids. They must mean us, you know? And so they go back, and they're trying to figure out what to do, and they're like, well, let's, you know, we, we need to come up with a plan. We need to, like, you know, uh, their ship is wrecked, so they're not going to get away. You know, we're safe in here. And we will be able to protect ourselves. So, like, let's let's go to sleep and let's figure out a plan, right? Um, but Imri, as you said, is dealing with a lot of crap. And not, like, because that's not only that, it's the death of his master. It's the death, like, now he has something to focus. You know, now everybody has something to focus their feelings on. You know what I mean? Now, this is the person who did that. These are the people who killed your master. These are the people who killed Honesty's father. Mm-hmm. So it's them that team up and he, he's like, he kind of like Imri basically goes dark side, but he's like feeding off of honesty's anger too. 
Mm-hmm. So he kind of goes up to him and he's like, hey, like, we need to get, re- you know, we need to get revenge for what happened. They're not going to do it. They don't want to do it. Like, so let's just do it. And so, like, they go, you know, honesty goes to Avenger's father and he's like, I'm supposed to be a warrior, right? This is what a warrior does, right? You know, and Imri is feeding off of his anger as well. But it also, like, affects his fort. Like, he can't. Like, when Imri turns dark side, he doesn't, like, get powerful. It's sort of, it's almost like it severs his connection to the force that he knows. Like, he can't mm-hmm. feel the things and he can't pick up the leaf, you know, like, when they're walking through the acid rain. Like, he loses a lot of his force power, which I thought was, like, weird. Because no, in a lot of Star Wars stuff we see, when people go dark side, all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, your passion gives you power and strength and now you can shoot lightning. I don't know. Yeah, I like, like, that kind of is, I think, a bigger nod to, like, we've been given these really, like, all-powerful ideas around Force users, mm-hmm. and I like the idea that, like, yeah, you wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm instantly more powerful, because then the dark side would just be seductive to everybody, right? right? Like, if you immediately were the most powerful person ever, I think that, like, him having, he, he already has, like, interesting Force issues. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think, you know, having him go dark side and not just immediately be like, oh, I'm going to take over this whole planet uh, right, is really right. cool. I, I actually really like this. Again, it's growth and development for this character. And I like I like the contrast and I like like his power. Like he he was the one who found them because he's able to connect with light. He was the one that connected with the little with the little handsy Chiri or what, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his powers are so empathetic and like light side. And it's almost like that's a part of him. So when he goes dark side, it's like he's losing himself. He's not really gaining power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that was maybe like the more thematic or whatever you want to call it, like idea behind it. But I really like that contrast as opposed to like, now I will live 17 boulders. <laughs> yeah. You know, 100%. revenge will be mine. Um, it really works well for the story and for the character in particular, because He's such a good kid that's worried about everybody else other than himself, you know? And at some, like, I think it's it's back in the beginning, but when he's talking about dealing with his master and how his master is so understanding um, and supportive, he talks about how, like, you know, when he was a jet, you know, when he was a young, he couldn't do anything that great. So he kind of thought he was just going to wash out to the, you know, and just be a blah, 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 like whatever happens to Jedi who don't really ever get to be Jedi who, like, aren't kind of strong enough to the Force or good enough. So he had, like, sort of resigned himself to be like, well, I guess I'll just never be a Jedi. I'll just be a farmer who can help plants grow faster or something like that, you know, until the Master comes, until until Douglas comes and is like, hey, dude, come with me, man. Like, and that's when he finally starts to fi- feel that, like, acceptance and that somebody believes in him. You know, yeah. I like him real lot. I like to, and we'll get to it in a bit, like the end. I like where his story takes yeah. him. Um, so, yeah, they go out there. They're mad. They get mad, and they go out there, mm-hmm. and uh, things don't really go their way. They get like they get caught right away. Yeah, <laughs> basically. They're, immediately. like, sneaking around the ship, and they're like, I only see one of them. Where's the other one? Click, click. <laughs> oh, well, that's not good. That's, that so, didn't go well. Uh, the Nile capture them to lure the other ones there. 
So in the morning when like Avon wakes up and is like, where's everybody? And Vern is like, these jerks <laughs> went over there to try to take revenge and we're upset, but they're caught and they know that we're going to come for them. So they're just waiting for us, which is bad because remember that plan? <laughs> like we need one. And then Avon's like, okay, J6, get to business. It's business time. And J6 is is like better than Mayfeld and has two little gun arms in the back that come out. (laughs) So J6 has four blasters. So good. Yeah. She, J6 is the general grievous of blasters at this point, which is awesome and unexpected. And that's the part where J6 is like, I am not a nanny droid. I am actually a super bodyguard. Awesome thing. And I've been given uh, different personality algorithms. Your mother wanted to protect you best of all, and I am like the ultimate protection unit. Um, So it's Avon, J6, and Vern. Mm -hmm. Vernestra. Vern. So they go in, and they go in to, like, fight them. And, uh, you know, like, I think they knock out one of them at one point, and then Vernestra's trying to fight the other one, the, the female. And, like, that's when... Uh, Imri starts first choking her. And she's yes. like, oh no, it's dark side stuff. And that's the dark side stuff that we usually see when people get mad. The more familiar things that happen on the dark side that we that we are used Pretty to standard in the larger people. Star Wars canon. It's like, oh no, force choking, that's not good. Um, so Vern is like, nah, dog, like you gotta stop this. And so then it ends up Vern and Imri fighting. And she's like, you can't, you can't, no, no. And he's like, he's mad and dark side. And she busts out the light whip. <laughs> yeah. And like, they fight until she literally whips his saber in two, which is the dopest thing. He like reaches for it and she's like, Wah-ka-tsh! oh. Again, like a slap bracelet. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You know, and then they. I really like yeah. the, I really liked that they had that combat because I feel like. Again, it's super cool to see different lightsaber stuff, but again, also the like Jedi versus Jedi yeah. kind of thing versus a Jedi and dark side. And again, it's one of those, and it like the it's not like as crazy. They're not fighting all across Mustafar for twenty five minutes or anything. No, but it's like such a good like like you get the sense that she is trying to make him understand. Up until the point, you know, she's doing what she has to do, and then kind of when the battle is over, like he really comes to that understanding and lets go you know he like he's drained like he's drained of all the anger honesty is kind of gotten over it not gotten over it but like the once they lose that rage they just like they're just drained you know like and when he's not feeding off of honesty anymore at that point he's like oh he couldn't even feel honesty anymore and they're just like they're just so so done so hashtag done yeah <laughs> Yeah. And again, it's, it's, to me, it's like, even though it's like this crazy, like Star Wars and like on this level of like whatever, I feel like it's still real in that like people who experience trauma and loss and stuff like mm-hmm. are going to react different ways. And like, I feel like Emery's reaction and like wanting to go for the people who like hurt him and hurt others, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's real. I feel like that's how a lot of people do react. And I think we also have the Vernestras, the Verns who are like, hey, like an eye for an eye is not like mm-hmm. like he must stand trial. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> lols. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 well done. They end up capturing the Nile and they like tie him up because uh, J6 is really good at knots. Or, uh, no, I'm sorry, Honesty is really good at knots from all of his training, right? I don't remember who ties him up. Oh, well. I shouldn't have said anything. Now I'm going to sound dumb on a podcast. You can just edit it out. That's how podcasts work. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) 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 That's way too much work. (laughs) Uh, So, and they're able to, like, you know, get the signal going with parts from the other ship and stuff. And they're trying to figure out, like, why did you destroy the ship? Like, what was it about? And the the Nile are like, well, like, because you got the Republic is encroaching on our territory. We need to make sure that this is our territory. And the closer you guys get to the Outer Rim, the harder things are going to get for us. And so I'm like, oh, that seems like a thing that's going to be big and paying off in lots of stuff. And then the Jedi get there to rescue them. And uh, Avon's talking to Imri and is like, man, like, you know, is everything okay? Like, da 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 da. And they start talking about his lightsaber. And he's like, yeah, I don't even have it anymore. She she broke it. So it's like in her bag somewhere. Lol. Avon goes and like, oh. People are, yeah. Nobody likes, nobody wants his lightsaber anymore, huh? All right. And she goes and she like, yoinks the saber. So, dun dun dun. MVP. Again, she's like, I mean, there's a saber. It's like, I love like the reason, because they get in her head a little bit about like, I mean, Vern's busy right now, and like, the saber's just here. Nobody really wants it anymore, right? Just, you know, I'll take care of this. I love it. Yeah, that was was super cool. So she gets her hands on a lightsaber. Her nanny droid is a certified badass. Um, And then they finally get to Starlight. And so they're like going and they're talking to the masters and the ending of this book, like, I don't think could be more perfect. Like the whole time Imri is like, you know, like what's going to happen to me? I really messed up, dude. Like, you know, am I going to be kicked out of the Jedi? Am I going to be like going to like, and she's trying to reassure him. She's like, Hey, like we all make mistakes, dude. Like we have to, that's part of growing. That's part of learning. Like, that's that's life jedi or not like you know and she's trying to like reassure him and be understanding and what she's doing like a pretty good job of mm-hmm. and then when they get to starlight she's talking it's like skier it's my boy skier skier who's yeah. talking to her and is like well like you know so what's what's going on with him and she's like oh i don't know like he's just really worried you know i told him nothing's gonna happen blah blah blah, blah, blah. and skier's like yeah he probably needs a new master you should probably be his master. And she's like, what? And he's like, it might as well be now. You're going to take a Padawan eventually. And you seem to really understand him. You know, like you were there for him when he needed you. And you understand, you know, like you, like you guys made a really, really good, uh, you guys made a really, really good pair and helped each other, you know, and that's something that's not, you shouldn't underestimate. That's sometimes that's the will of the force. And then so she goes up to him and she's like, he's like, what's going to happen to me? And she's like, I think you need a new master. He's like, okay, would you like to be my master? You know, she's like only like a little bit older than him. And she's like, if you want, I could be your master. And it's like so cute and adorable. And Uh like, Uh I just, I love it so much that like, and he's like, you like, you're the best one. And you're the like, you're the awesome person. Like, and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm no master Douglas. You know, I know you got along with him a lot, but. You know, I think you and I get along pretty good, too, you know, and I just think it's so uh, it's so beautifully done, like their relationship over the like, uh-huh. you know, and like we talked about, he goes from like 
not resenting her, but being very envious and jealous and like some of those dark feelings that come from his feeling of inadequacy to finding his own strengths that are different from hers and finding the things that he can do to questioning her about her weird night sister, Light Whip, to like fighting her to her understanding of like why he's so angry and stuff like that to this point where she offers to be his master. Um, it's so good. It's like yeah. the growth of like him as a character, but also like you can see why like she would be such a good, you know, like match for him because she doesn't immediately go dark side trait bad. Yeah. And like, like yeah. I and it does seem like this era of Jedi don't immediately do that, right, for everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just love that she's like, because in his head he's like, oh my god, I'm going to get kicked out because I did, like, dark sidey things. And she's just like, you know, you just need to have more training. Like, that's yeah, that's simple as that. You and I, from I your just, mistakes just like all of us, you know? It's so good. It's such a good, like, lesson. And just, like, overall just, to me, it's not just, like, a good, like, yay, we got, like, a good lesson from this. It's, like, great, because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a it's a younger book, and, like, you know, that's typically a thing in that genre, but it's also just, like, an overall really cool thing to see the Jedi doing, because it's a thing that we don't get, again, the prequel Jedi. Right, like, right. They seem you know. super judgy and, like, kind of a one-strike-you're-out thing. Yeah. Mace and... Windu would be like, look, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> Captain Tarkin is going to be in charge of your trials over here. Somewhere Mace oh Windu God. is going, like, I don't trust him. <laughs> One hundred percent. But instead, she's like, "No, like, you know, I want the best for him. And if if Skier, if like, if we think this is good, then I'll do it. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, like, her, it's not that weird, judgmental. Like, you're either with us or against us. Which I feel like that's what the Jedi are kind of doing in the prequels. It's, you know, how can we just better ourselves and keep doing better? Right." And it's like allowing for the force and that growth to really, oh my God, stop it. Go away. <laughs> Look, I hope everybody's fine. Go get the help you need. But like, please be quiet. <laughs> oh, shut up, dog. <laughs> yes, dude, they drive by all the time. Like, we're close to a hospital. Relax, bro. You've lived here for like a while. You should know this by now. <laughs> um, It's just so well done and so like such a beautiful arc to their relationship and that story that it's like, and another thing that I love when star Wars does things like this is where like, I don't see the next step. You know what I mean? Like some stories can be so predictable that you're like, Oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's going to be this, you know? And it's kind of easy to see that like, Oh, he's going to want revenge. And Oh, uh, I don't know. Like, like uh, predictability in stories. You know, when you can see this stuff coming, especially when some of these stories are such common tropes or archetypes. Yes. You know, which Star Wars sometimes is, and you can see a lot of it. But, like, the, I didn't see it getting to here. Like, they pushed that relationship through, and they put the contentions in there that they needed to. And then she brought us to this point, to where, like, this makes sense, but is also, like, a beautiful, somewhat conclusion, somewhat new beginning, to them you know and i just think it was so well done and it was so a thing when i turned like when i turned the page and skier said that i was like that would be great right it was like i loved that moment and oh 
I like what you said where it's just like we don't know where it's going next. I feel like that for not only them, but for, you know, even like Honesty and Avon. Like I'm just like mm-hmm. this it 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 wraps up but not in those tidy ways. I feel like a lot of books mm-hmm. do where it's like, okay, hands, you know, I'm done. My hands are off of this. It's tidy. It's like a little bow wrapped up mm-hmm. on it and you know exactly where things are gonna go for the next twenty years. I don't feel that way. About these characters, I feel like it was a good wrap-up in that, like, it felt like the threads of this story that we were reading were -hmm. were kind of pulled together, but, like, not the character's final arc. Right. And that's, I I think that's just, like, I don't know, dude. Like, there's just something to say about, like, all the planning and all the, like, uh, the way that the High Republic seems to be shaping up. It seems to be so well thought out, so well planned and so well like discussed and implemented with the five authors and the story mm-hmm. group and whoever else is have their hands in this. Like it seems to be. I mean, I know I've only got three books in a comic, but I love them and you can't take them from me. That's true. And like everything is coming up Millhouse. Like <laughs> it's good <laughs> times and I'm, I'm really, really liking the stuff I'm getting. I, I am too. I need to get the comics and then like there's. The latest book came out this week. (laughs) Oh my god! There's nobody even here. What are you yelling at? Oh man, why are there landscaping people here? Oh goddamn it! No one's going outside. (laughs) That's Friday, man. Like it's Wednesday. Lol. Uh, So yeah, man. It's 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 a such a beautiful ending. It's just so so well done. And then you get a little epilogue. And it's like, uh, I guess, the Nile boss of the people that got captured. And her name is Kara Zhu. And she's like, oh, no, like, you know, we lost another couple of people, blah, blah, blah. And she starts being like, hey, are there a lot of schools on Dalnan? Yeah. Well, let's start recruiting. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're going like. They're getting like first order gangster on this. Yeah. So that seems like another thing that's like, oh no, uh, that'll probably pay off in the future, right? Like, there are a lot of little things that I, my brain is like, like you were saying, like, I wonder if this is going to pay off in like the grand structure of their phases, whether it's this one or the next phase of. Right. But also, like, because it doesn't feel like they have to for any of this, right? Like, all mm-hmm. of these are just, like, nice nods that I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, it doesn't in my brain go immediately, well, the next book has to 100% be about this thing. Um, and I like that. I like the way that these are, like, that thus far all the higher public stuff is going. Where it's, like, it's world building, but it it's not in this really predictable Star Wars way. Yeah. That I immediately know what's going to happen the next time and, like... I don't know. I lo- it's refreshing. It's so refreshing. Yeah, definitely. And it's such a good, like, it, like I, we're still in, like, phase one. You know what I mean? Like, so all of this stuff, like, a lot of it, like, particularly Light of the Jedi is a really, really good book, and it's really awesome. But also it's a lot of world building and a lot of, like, presumably laying the groundwork for stuff to come, right? So once we start, like, hitting the stride, I don't know if that's going to be phase two, phase three, like... Once we start hitting the stride of these books, just like, like, we already know where we are. You guys already know about Starlight Beacon. You guys already know about the Nile. So let's get into it. Um, I'm really curious to, like, how stuff is going to start moving. 
you know, like it'll be uh, good because it I seems think... like it's 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 I mean, it's good so far. So it only seems like it's going to step up from here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. so good. Me too. So good. High Republic, y'all. Uh, so yeah, in the end, this is a wonderful book. You can probably read it in a weekend. Yeah, you know, 100%. You're, you're not going to lose confirm. a month on this one. Uh, also, if you have younglings, this is a good one to take a couple chapters for bedtime. Like, if the kids were younger, this is the kind of thing that I would read them at night, for sure. Yeah, and I feel like even like the like the destruction of the ship and like the kind of potentially like more violent things are not described in a way that would be like jarring to a younger reader Mm -hmm. um if you have like a family that has like a variety of ages but yeah it's super good dude it's like i don't know i'm I'm such a fan of the new high republic content and yay yeah justina rocks she rocked this it was awesome justina your book was really good as we just spent 87 minutes talking about oops so yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say. I am, I'm, I'm reading Into the Dark right now. Ooh. And it is, like, I'm really liking the once again the characters mm-hmm. are are really really cool. And uh, I believe I'm gonna do another episode with Rashad coming up on some comics. And. I am going to Batu on Sims 4, I swear it. So keep up on Twitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, the Twitch is Rogue Rebels, I think. So, you know, look for it. It has a bunch of squadrons on it. So if you find that one, it's probably us. You know, uh, Axel streams like Hollow Knight sometimes. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, so love it's good that. times. All right. Anything? Uh, do you... If if you wanted people to find you on the internets, where would that be? Um, I'm glad you asked. Um, on Twitter, I am at Book Hoarding. On Instagram, I am at Bianca Hernandez. On Facebook, you can go to my Facebook page, Book Hoarding. There's also some fun groups if you're into Jane Austen or costuming. Um, I also, uh, there's the High Republic costuming group that I started that has a bunch of folks um, excited about higher public costumes if you're on facebook and want to join that the fun work in progress there's some really cool like 3d printed hilts people are doing for the nice. lightsabers um so yeah i'm all around i have more links on each of those if you want to find like my tiktoks or my silliness in other places awesome i am on the I really like cloaks and clasps part of my High Republic costuming thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, man, those little like side cloaks kind of like you know, one arm's kind of out and the other arm's covered, you know, very poncho-ish with the little clasp. Like a- uh, Avar Chris seems to have one and Skier in the comic has one like that uh, and Keeve Trennis. So I'm like, I'm looking at those and like, dude, if I make a High Republic, man, I'm going with that mission wear for sure. It's really good. Um, I'm definitely in the, after I finish this one build that I'm working on for a different thing, I definitely want to get into like really looking at the costumes for High Republic and like documenting like how it's described in the books and also any stuff in that group. I would be putting like, you know, any kind of reference stuff we can. So I think uh, people are excited. People want to make the costumes. Um, 
And I want to see those costumes. They look fun. You know, like the leathers versus their formal wear. And different colored lightsabers. Like all kinds of goodness, man. Like hilts with like little swing out arms that come out and stuff. Like lightsaber holsters, y'all. I love it. Oh, such a fan. Such a fan. All right. So we will catch you on the flip side. And we are all the Republic. Now that's not in this book that much, but I really liked it from the other book. Uh-huh, it's a good, it's a good one. Yeah, okay, that's how we end up on this. Yay! For the survival of the Republic, the fate of all Jedi, for control of the Force itself.